coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. People are becoming more educated. What is a modular home? It's not a mobile home. It's not a trailer. Yeah. That old mindset is, is starting to erode away, which is a good thing because modular construction is, in my opinion, the solution to the labor shortage that we have. Um, people in a factory are very efficient. They're able to build these things in a much shorter time frame with less waste than you can do on site. So I think that's the solution to the labor shortage is, is moving more construction into the factory. And you see this already in a lot of multifamily development. There are completely modularized multifamily developments going up all over the country, but they've also been using, especially in the hotel industry, they've been using some modular concepts for quite a while now in the way of like modularized bathroom units. If you think about it, that's your, your most skilled uh, set of laborers would go into to building out the bathroom in a hotel, for, for instance. Uh, so if you can take that off the table, put it into a factory, get a completed unit delivered, and just slot them in one at a time as you're building yeah. that thing, you're going to have a much quicker turnaround time on your project, not to mention a better uh, hold on quality control. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Joel Kamino, who is the owner of Next Modular. So there's a common misconception of what modular homes are, and we get into exactly explaining what, what that difference is. Uh, Joel actually started his real estate industry in mobile home parks and owning a mobile home park, and he, he quickly transitioned that into basically being a modular home developer. So we get into you know the differences, how you go about planning for modular homes, how you go about building mon- modular homes. Uh, and he ha- also talks about some other business applications with you know the modular home construction industry like multifamily type properties. So really, really interesting. We get into, again, all of the challenges that he's gone through with this year's pricing and the crazy supply chain and supply inventory issues and how that's impacted you know his industry, his market. So really, really very interesting. So if you're interested in modular home development, whether that be starting your own company or uh, if you're looking to build a modular home, this is an episode that you are not going to want to miss. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce with Joel Kamino. Chaotic. There were a lot of kids. I'm the oldest of eight kids. So wow. my parents were busy and uh, a little frazzled and uh, dinner was loud. We're kind of a, uh, we're a Greek background as far as like, you know, lineage. So mm-hmm. that kind of made its way into our family culture quite a bit, you know, lots of arguing and, and yelling and, uh, and, uh, quickly making up and it was fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and you being the oldest, did you, 
you know, did you sort of set the set the stage for you know all the other all the other uh, kids, you know, or the the other brothers and sisters behind you? Are any of them are any of the other ones entrepreneurs or anything like that, or were you the only one that that stepped out into that into that world? So yeah, my whole family is is um, pretty pretty entrepreneurial. My my dad started his own thing when he first emigrated to the U.S. from Australia. He started a, an electrical contracting company. He's dabbled in real estate. He does currently he does modular and manufactured housing, pretty similar to, to like what I'm doing. He does it down in Florida. And then let's see, my my second sibling, he's had his own thing for a while, and he's working with my dad now. Third sibling, she's got her own company. Wow. Uh, actually related to the modular industry. They're her her husband and and. Uh, and Laura, then they, yeah, they have a, a homesteading company and they do project management and whatnot. Uh, they live in Florida as well. Yeah. I mean, like two other of my brothers do their own thing. Yeah. They're, they're all pretty, wow. pretty entrepreneurial. The, the youngest one is still only 17 or 18. So he's not quite launched out on his own yet, but yep. he has that same bent and I would anticipate him taking it. That's amazing. Where do you, where do you think that comes from? And and it's kind of interesting. I used to have my own electrical contracting company too. That was my first company that I started. So yeah. and I, then I, I I was in real estate at the same time and you know rolled that into a tech company and then now obviously we do the apartments too. But at any rate, so similar backgrounds. But uh, but yeah. Cool. So so your your family, obviously you know that's quite a lineage of entrepreneurs that everyone is is uh, you know going off on their own. Do you feel like there was any type of I guess, catalyst or inspiration, you know, from your parents or from something that you grew up, you know, that this is the better way of doing things rather than you know, going to college or whatever. Yeah, probably just, probably just seeing my dad and throughout his life, basically just making his own way. And he came over, he came over here with 300 bucks in his pocket and has been, you know, fairly successful since then, but he's got a lot of grit, a lot of tenacity. He's, he's pretty over the top when it comes to risk taking. So yeah. I think I've kind of tempered that a little bit in my own personality, but I'd say that's where we we all kind of get that drive to do something. He he went to college. Several of my siblings have gone to college. I went to college and ended up dropping out when I bought my first mobile home park. But that's kind of our that was our model growing up is just yeah. figure it out, make it happen, do it yourself. And so that's really um, you know transitioned into most of us having something of our own yep. Yep. as adults. Yeah, no, I love it. And and your your path to get where you are today, did that include college? Did you do that route at all? Or did you pretty well just, you know, start off on your own right away? Yeah, or? I went to I went to college for a few years pursuing a degree in entrepreneurship and business management. And one of my goals going into college was by the end, I wanted to to get into the mobile home park space. And so I wanted to have a park that I was operating, owned and operating uh, by the end of college. So that about three years in, that opportunity came along, and so I bought this community, and it was it was a tax sale, and so no financials. Private investor fronted the money, which he was crazy because I wouldn't give a 22-year-old hundreds of thousands of dollars, but uh, he did, and you know it it was a tough it was a tough community to run, and I ended up having to drop out just to have enough time to work and generate income to cover the shortfall every month. So that's why, that's why I dropped out, but it was probably the best decision I've ever made. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. I'm sure you probably learned a hell of a lot too, in that first, you know, that first, you know, jump into that business, you know, what, what are some of the, 
I guess the, the common pitfalls that people may not necessarily look at or understand when they're looking at acquiring a, you know, a, a mobile home park or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest, I wouldn't say shock, but the, the biggest change in, in your life rhythm is everything's on you. So yeah. when you jump into a, when you're buying a business or, you know, buying a mobile home park, which is essentially a small business, you know, it's all you, you have to collect in the mobile home park space. You got to collect the money. You've got to manage the tenants. You got to manage the managers. If you have one, in my case, I had to fix homes up and, and spend, you know, nights and weekends remodeling homes so that we could increase occupancy and get the cash flow where it needs to be and, and all that stuff. So that's probably the biggest shocker when you set out on your own, it's, it's all on you. There's no fallback. You're the guy yeah, uh, yeah. or girl, whatever. So yeah, I mean, other than that, just the day-to-day stuff and there's a lot of details i think entrepreneurship is is kind of glorified in the the fast living you know hard hitting you're buying a business then you're growing growing it then you're you're exiting and then you're you're doing it again or whatever and it's it's pretty glorified but it's uh the day-to-day is just a lot of nitty-gritty stuff and a lot of uh, a lot of grinding you just have to make it happen and and it's not always fun you know it's not always glamorous and you know you don't go out and buy your your uh, Porsche on day one, right? You've, you've got to drive the clunker until you can afford something that'll, you know, get you by a little longer. And maybe eventually you can do that, but that's down the road. And it's definitely not a get rich quick thing. And yeah, there are, there are, you know, tech companies that, you know, rocket into the stratosphere as far as valuations and, and revenue, but, but that's the exception. You know, I think we have a lot of what I would call survivorship bias when looking at existing companies. Like, well, look, it seems so easy. There's so many examples of companies that have just exploded, but those are the the ones that made it. You yeah. don't yeah. necessarily hear about all the ones that didn't and the and, and the the owners and the founders that grounded out for years and couldn't make it happen. So yeah, I'd say that the, those two things, you know, the the shock of everything's on you and uh, the reality of okay, the daily grind is not maybe what you imagined it's worth it but yeah but it is a grind yeah and that's somebody else that i was interviewing a few weeks ago basically equated it to you know you have to be able to push through the boredom right you know because Mm -hmm. things get monotonous things get tedious you have to keep doing the same thing over and over again uh and you have to be willing to be able to push through that and that's where a lot of people say oh you know this isn't what i thought it was going to be and and uh you know, they end up giving up, but uh, yeah. So, so talk a little bit about, you know, obviously you're in the, the mobile home space. Are you, are you still buying parks at this point or are you in a different part of the industry now? So that, that was kind of what I first started doing. I transitioned into doing new construction modular homes, which are, there is a distinction between a modular home and a manufactured home, but I, I transitioned into doing that when I started this company in 2015. So I still do, I still own a mobile home park, um, looking to, to purchase more, but it's kind of the, kind of like the side hobby at yeah. this point, yeah. uh, you know, what you do in your spare time. So it was a good experience, definitely a good, uh, a good intro and probably easier than starting a business with employees and, and whatnot, because you can really bootstrap a lot when you're buying, especially a smaller mobile home park. Like I bought the first one was 40 some odd spaces. So you can really bootstrap that and do a lot yourself. So I think that was a really good segue into owning an actual business. Well, I shouldn't say an actual business, but owning a business with employees and, and, uh, and whatnot, the accounting's more involved in in a a business like what I'm doing now, for instance. And uh, so, yeah, it was a good, it was a good starting point for sure. Yeah. And what got you into the uh, manufactured 
housing space? Yeah, so coming out of coming out of college, well, dropping out of college, I uh, you know kind of focused full time on the on that first mobile home park. Got it to where it was stabilized and generating income, and I was able to hire people then to to fix homes and and hire someone to manage it, and uh, had a little more time. I went to work uh, for my dad at that point for a little bit, and that seemed to be the the thing to do. He had some good stuff going, so I was doing. Um, basically running set crews. He was, he was dealing with a lot of used mobile homes at that point. And so I was running a couple crews to deliver and, and set them and break them down and, and whatnot. And then it just got to the point where, where I was ready to either, you know, buy into that business uh, and have an ownership stake, or if that wasn't an option, I'd have to just start my own thing. And it was a, an amicable separation, but basically just you know, talked to my dad and said, look, I'm, I'm going to, this is what I want to start. Um, we weren't really doing new homes at the time with his business. So I wanted to start, start doing new construction and uh, said, yeah, no problem. You have my blessing, go for it. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I did. Very cool. So now did you go and buy a plot of land and, and put a modular home on it? Or what was, what was your path to you know, be able to start that company? Hmm. Well, I, built a website on, I think, uh, what's Shopify, Okay. really rudimentary, basic website, got some photos, uh, from some manufacturers that I had hooked up with mortgaged my house to be able to show the line of credit available. So I could qualify for these, these manufacturers to, you know, buy their homes Mm -hmm. and boy, I was posting ads on Craigslist, you know, homes for sale. I taught myself how to do Google AdWords and basically just tried to get the phone to ring. And uh, yeah, those first few months were pretty tough. I mean, especially in this industry, new home construction, there's a really long sales cycle. So you're not taking orders day one and you're, you're not selling sweatshirts, right? Right. Click right. on the site, buy a sweatshirt, chip it out, right? Cash flow from day two. There's just this long cycle of financing and ordering a home, waiting for the home, you know, getting permits. And of course, the buying process for for a homeowner is is longer too it's a big decision so they take a long time to to think about it and go over floor plans and go over options and and then you've got financing you know time frame as well so virtus technology is a custom business software solution provider are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. Uh, those first few months were pretty tough. I mean, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, beating people's doors down, so to speak, uh, trying to get a sale. And then knowing, of course, that that sale was w- would not be consummated for several months yeah. after that. So it's tough. I mean, I, I almost gave up a couple of times, but... You know, I'd, I'd say, all right, well, 30 more days and we'll see where we're at, 30 more days and then we'll, we'll pull the plug if we don't have something. So that was really cool. The, the first sale I got was uh, was a lady who was, you know, shown some land up in Michigan, wanted to put a home on it. 
I think there was an old foundation we had to modify and, you know, she was, uh, she was a great, she was a great first customer, but it was a risky deal because I, I again had mortgaged my house to, to show the line of credit. And in this situation, I had to buy the property essentially from her. Mm. She didn't have traditional financing because she couldn't qualify for it. So it was kind of a kind of a risk to to basically put everything on the line for that first customer. But that's yeah. really what got it started. And, and from there then things just started picking up steam slowly. And you know I'd set a goal, okay, I wanna wanna do you know five homes this year. And so we'd get to that goal, you know, halfway through the year and be like, okay, well now the new goal is 10, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It still is a lot of fun, but, but that first, that first six months to a year was challenging and uh, definitely stretching. And uh, here we are. Yeah. So you, you mentioned real quick there that she had a foundation already there and you had to modify that. Are you guys actually getting involved in, you know, sort of the planning and actually building everything or are you, you yeah. know, basically selling the package? You're kind of like a GC, I guess you could say. We are a general contractor. Okay. Yeah. So I'm licensed in Michigan, Indiana. Indiana actually doesn't have a builder's licensure, but we'll take everything from dirt to doorknobs. So okay. we get building permits early on. I help people. Now what I do is more on the financing side of things. Uh, helping people through that. I've got a project manager and a couple of salespeople and, and accounting and whatnot, but basically start to finish. So yeah. if someone has a bare piece of land or something with the foundation or an old home that needs torn down, we get involved right at the outset, get the building permits, demo the home, you know, bring, put the new foundation and put in a septic system, whatever, uh, and hand them the keys and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So are you using, is, is there any like new type of products or new modular home designs or materials or anything like that, that you're seeing, you know, coming on the market that, you know, is exciting or, or, you know, interesting? The modular home construction hasn't changed a whole lot, just the same way that, that a site built, you know, home hasn't really changed. There are some, some small things, you know, smart thermostats and, and whatnot, you know, responding to changing energy codes and making homes more efficient but there's really been no major overhaul in the way that homes have been built for the last hundreds several hundred years right uh, modular homes are not like mobile homes in that a mobile home is, is kind of like a product right it comes on wheels and axles you know it's got a frame it's got axles and tires it's um, it's more akin to like an RV, whereas a modular home is more of a method of building uh, yeah. than a, than something you just buy, right? So, at the end of the project, if you do it right, you're going to have a hard time distinguishing between a site built home and that modular home. Now, there are there are certain realities of engineering that have to be adhered to. You know, when you're building and designing a modular home with roof loads and spans at the merit, you know, where the sections come together, we call that the marriage line. So certain span limitations there. So it's not as flexible as site building, but you can get really close. And we take a lot of floor plans from customers that came from a site builder, got priced out of the market. They have a floor plan that's just not feasible modular, but we're really good at converting that into the same the same feel of home as they would have if they were going with that site builder uh, and being able to do it modular that's something we can we can do really well and uh, you know a lot a lot of the, the credit goes to our manufacturers that we partner with you know they, they've got some pretty pretty cool capacity as far as what they can do customization wise but I wouldn't say a lot of new things it's just becoming more accepted nowadays uh, to go the modular route 
people are becoming more educated. What is a modular home? It's not a mobile home. It's not a trailer. Yeah. Uh, that old mindset is, is starting to erode away, which is a good thing because modular construction is, in my opinion, the solution to the labor shortage that we have. Um, people in a factory are very efficient. They're able to build these things in a much shorter time frame with less waste than you can do on site. So I think that's the solution to the labor shortage is, is moving more construction into the factory. And you see this already in a lot of multifamily development. There are completely modularized multifamily developments going up all over the country, but they've also been using, especially in the hotel industry, they've been using some modular concepts for quite a while now in the way of like modularized bathroom units. If you think about it, that's your, your most skilled uh, set of laborers would go into to building out the bathroom in a hotel for, for instance. Uh, so if you can take that off the table, put it into a factory, get a completed unit delivered and just slot them in one at a time as you're building yeah. that thing, you're going to have a much quicker turnaround time on your project, not to mention a better uh, hold on quality control. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 process that you guys go through are they are they basically building the structure, building the building, you know, inside of another building, and then they deconstruct mm -hmm. it, you know, sort of piece by piece, truck it up to wherever you know the land is or wherever wherever it's being constructed, and then you know they crane it all in and put it back together again. Is that how it works? Sort of. So uh, you could go with a panelized you know method of construction, which is kind of like that, but the ones that we're doing are basically. Think of them as as like Legos, right? Okay. Uh, you might have like a, a typical, just real basic, simple ranch home that's going to have two sections to it, and those sections are going to be ninety percent complete when they roll out of the factory. So you're okay. going to have you're going to have a, a section, maybe a you know fifteen or sixteen foot by fifty or sixty foot long section that goes next to another one, and the cabinets are in, the carpet is in, you know the the toilets, the tubs, those are all installed. This yep. home looks almost complete once you set it. Right. And then, of course, you go in after the set. There is some stuff you have to finish up where they connect together. We call that the marriage wall. So you have some marriage wall finish. You've got uh, and a lot of times with our customers, they want components that the manufacturer might not offer, like mm -hmm. uh, a certain stone for their countertop or a certain style of, of LV, LVP flooring or hardwood flooring or whatever. And so we'll go in after the fact, we'll just order the, the unit you know, without those components and we'll go in after the fact and then finish it out however they want it. So they're coming a lot more complete than, than it's not like a flat pack idea where yeah. you, you, know, you bring a flatbed trailer in and you take off the walls one at a time. That is a good way of doing things. And that's why a, a lot of uh, builders are going that way as well with, with panelized walls and whatnot, eliminating the, the time and, and material waste and variable of having a framing crew on site, for instance, their framing crew is just putting together pieces. That's a good way to do it. Modular, construction takes that even a step further and you get you've got sections that are complete effectively when yeah. they arrive you set them with a crane you know each one will weigh 30 to 50,000 pounds so you set them with a pretty sizable crane and you go in and finish it out sometimes you have to put in the HVAC system obviously you got a plumb underneath the home run all your drain lines yeah. together and whatnot but it's a lot more complete than like the you know penalized idea Yep. Yep. So, so now you're, when you, when you build these, I'm, I'm just picturing, you know, essentially a house that's pulling out of the, the home, you know, that's, you know, set on a trailer, which obviously is then lifted off. You know, th there's, there's different things like, you know, power wires and lines and telephone lines and all of that going over the roads. Do you, do you guys have to take that into consideration and somehow you know, work that into the logistics of getting that 
getting that unit from the factory to wherever it's going to ultimately be set? Yeah, in some ways, you know, all these various manufacturers, they know the, the restrictions as far as height uh, for transport and whatnot. So they're going to build them to a, a certain height I and see. no more to, okay. to be able to fit under pretty much anything. Now, you okay. do have to assess the site beforehand to make sure you can get it back there. If you have a really long home and you're going on a really tight lot, maybe it's a lake. We do a lot of lake lots. <clears throat> so we get into this sometimes where you'll have a really difficult access a winding narrow road with lots of houses crammed in there. So you got to figure out, okay, can we get a crane in here and then bring in each section and set it, you know, yeah. most of the time we can do it. In fact, I don't think we've ever pulled out of a job or, or walked away from something because we couldn't access the site. That's feasible. Yeah. If you were trying to set something on the side of a mountain and there was just no access for cranes or, or trucks, then, then yeah, that, that would yeah. preclude you from doing modular. But most of the time on most building sites, you're not going to have an issue uh, getting the sections there and, and setting them up. Is helicoptering in ever an issue or uh, uh, an option? It has been done before. Yeah. 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 I think I saw, saw a video the other day, I think of, uh, of a helicopter set with a modular home and it was, it was one of those deals where it's like on the side of a mountain. So yeah, that is yeah. feasible. I don't know if that's necessarily practical, right? Uh, right. but you know, maybe if you had really high labor costs and, and material costs, then, then you could, You'd have to go that that route, or you could go that route and and come out ahead, but that's that's not common. Yeah. Do, do you have any type of a comparison what the costs are building modular as opposed to you know regular on-site building? Is there is there a cost comparison to that? For sure, it's going to vary by region. You know, we're located in Indiana. A lot of our builds are in Michigan. And the reason for that is is that there are a lot of high-end builders left in Michigan after 08. A lot of the lower end and kind of middle of the road builders were out of business. And so all the higher end ones stuck around and, and they're the ones building now. So a lot of times we can greatly undercut a site builder in Michigan with a modular product, especially because it's built in Indiana where we, are, we have easier regulation and, and lower weight uh, labor costs. Uh, materials are about the same, but yeah, you're, you're probably for a home in Michigan, you could be 15, sometimes 30 or 40% less. It, wow. it really depends on the builder that this customer is is trying you know comparing you against but you know we've we've gotten quotes from you know uh, site builders for a similar home that are just you know out of this world more expensive than what we can do it for and then of course there are some builders that are that are running a tight ship and they can stick build something for you know only 10 or 15 percent more but it would average i'd say between 10 and 30 percent less than a site built home yeah with regional variation yeah and, and have you been affected by, you know, the supply chain issues and obviously like wood pricing and all of that, which, you know, has come back down again? Did that, mm -hmm. did that impact you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The biggest squeeze right now is just availability uh, of, you know, getting a, a modular unit built and ready to set. A lot of our manufacturers are out 12 months on their production. So, you know, if I ordered a home today, I wouldn't get it till this time next year. That proposes or that poses a challenge then with financing, for instance, a lot of construction loans are termed at like nine months max, yeah. maybe 12. And that's the whole term of the loan. So they want you to have the thing done and hand the keys over in that time period. Well, if I'm not even getting a home for nine or 12 months, but I still need to close out loans so I can give a, a deposit to the factory, you're in a bit of a pickle. I don't think the loan, I don't think the the lenders have really figured this out yet. Uh, and I think they're going to have a lot of builds that are way, way over time frame, and they're going to yeah. have to restructure their financing and, and figure it out. 
I've I've warned a few of them like, look, this is coming. You need to be ready for this. They just seem to be driving on, writing loans, closing loans. A few of them have said, okay, well, well, let's postpone the the closing, which is fine as long as the buyer can shift their down payment from the lender over to us. Yeah. Instead of putting it down on the construction loan, they just give us cash to get the home ordered. Then we can delay the closing. The lender can use that cash as effectively as their down payment. But if, if the lender, if the buyer doesn't have any cash to work with, then that's not even an option. Yeah. So we have seen some some resistance uh, in that in that regard from you know buyers not having the cash, wanting to use a zero down you know, USDA, FHA, VA loan, whatever. But we can't necessarily do that because we need money to get this home order. Right. So right. it's right. it's a it's a bit of a challenge right now. Of course, materials all over the board as far as pricing, lots of increases. Uh, I mean, the same home this time last year would have, you know, on an average ranch home could cost you $30,000, $50,000 less uh, yeah. last year than it does today. That's yeah. starting to come down a little bit, but it's pretty unfortunate because that's that's one of the main benefits of modular construction is you can lock your price in. So not, not every manufacturer will lock it in. Champion doesn't lock it in, which is which is a challenge because you've got a construction loan closed, you've got a foundation in the ground and then they give you a new invoice. Oh, here's your new price and it's $10,000 more or whatever. Well, where's that money coming from? It either comes out of the builder's pocket or the buyer walks away, uh, but you've already got a foundation in the ground. So what do you do? So it's a challenge, but I'd say the biggest one right now is just supply constraints you know, on the, on the finished product. And of course the manufacturers are dealing with their own issues far as some lumber shortages, but tubs and showers and, yeah. and toilets and, and adhesives and fasteners, and they're on allotment for a lot of the materials that they use. So, you know, I've heard of manufacturers, you know, pulling homes off the line, putting them in the lot, and then and then finishing the cabinets, for instance, in the lot once they get the cabinet shipment in or whatever. Um, so it's there's been a lot of disruption in the supply chain, as, as, as everyone has felt, too. And yeah, we're not exempt from that, but we're getting along. I mean, it's, it's still working out. Yeah. There's some delays, but it's really mostly, mostly just a time thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you have any insight into, I mean, obviously there, there's the delay in all of the, the material and all of that, but any insights into why they would have a 12 month lead time on, on building a home at all? I mean, is it all based on, we're not going to have enough tubs to be able to do your... Do not your home so for... much. No, it's really driven by demand. I mean, there's huge demand for new housing right now. Interest rates have been low for so long, driving that demand for better or for worse. It's a whole other conversation. But I would say mainly just due to, to order order Volume. flow. I mean, they have yeah. a lot of a lot of people trying to build homes, even with even with the elevated you know lumber costs. Now, as those start to come down, if interest rates can stay low. I see it getting worse. Yeah, I see right. manufacturers being 18 or 24 months out because you've you've you already had this perfect storm of low interest rates and low inventory on housing. It's only going to get worse if interest rates stay low and material price come down because people were still building even with crazy material surcharges. Yeah. The, the manufacturers will will add you know they add their base price and they add a, a surcharge for lumber based on whatever it's doing that month typically. Even at those elevated levels, people were still signing contracts and ordering homes. So I anticipate sales to continue to go up from this point, which is just going to stretch that that lead time out. So that's another big problem coming down the pipeline, which I'm trying to solve uh, by getting into manufacturing myself. 
but uh, that only solves it for me. Nationwide, there's still this big problem of too few manufacturers trying to build too many homes. So, yeah, interesting. And and you you're obviously seeing a big uptick in the people in, in the amount of people that want to to build in this in this way, like you mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. so it sounds like the market is definitely there and interest is there. For sure. Um, you know, just a matter of you know putting all the resources together. So is, is that something in your in your path that you're looking to you know, get your own factory going, your own, your own. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty, uh, it's in in, in the infant stage, but uh, that I could see as a very, uh, very feasible venture in the foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Joel, this has been really interesting learning, you know, about the, the, or the uh, modular home industry and and how and, and actually before we before we close this you mentioned before about you know the the multifamily application of modular homes and that would would that work the same way where you know let, let's say we're we're doing a multi-story type building is it is it you know basically you're building you know boxes that would stack stack on top of each other is that how that would essentially work or yes Yes, you can. Yeah, I mean, there. It's it's been done. It is being done. If you're just doing wood frame construction, uh, you're going to be limited on the height that you can go. Right. Yep. But you can go three stories, four stories with a modular building, no problem. If you're going to go taller than that, you have to get some steel structure involved. But yeah, it's definitely feasible, and and people do it. And I I have a lot of inquiries in that regard. I would say, but not a lot of people pulling the trigger. I think it's still gaining acceptance. And the other part is, you know, when you're a big developer, you're beating up subs, you know, getting stuff for as absolute cheap as you can. Uh, Sometimes the additional cost of crane and, uh, you know, the set crew and whatnot can can erode some of the savings you would get from modular construction on the multifamily, multi-story side of things. But if you're going out, if you're going flat, duplexes, single family, a bunch of them grouped together, absolutely uh, modular is, is viable for you. Not that it's not for multi-story, but uh, a lot of the manufacturers that do multi-story modular, they know the market. So they're yeah. not pricing themselves to be the same per square foot as just a residential build, right? They know the commercial market, so they're going to price themselves accordingly. Now, they'll still try to stay you know, 10% maybe lower than yeah. the site built cost, but a lot of developers, you know, they don't necessarily, I think, see that as much of an incentive or as enough of an incentive to get into this new way of doing things. It's a whole yeah. new process for them, new new ways of bringing your subs in, new financing structures and timing of your financing payout and whatnot. So uh, I think I, I don't think that the cost savings that the manufacturers are letting people have on that side of things is enough to really incentivize a lot of developers to you know take the plunge and learn the new system. But if they were to do that you would see a cost benefit for sure. Uh, yeah. It's just people are usually stuck in their ways and it's hard to hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, sure, sure. absolutely. No, I love it. I love it. Joel, this has been really interesting. If people want to learn more about you or your your company, your products, what would be the best way to, to reach out and get in touch? Yeah, check us out online, nextmodular.com. We've got a great website, a lot of homes on there you can browse. Uh, we have pricing on our website, which is not very common in this industry. Um, we give you a good idea of what this home's going to cost. And then if you want to do all the other stuff, the foundation, the septic, we've got estimates on that for this region, obviously, but it'll give you a good idea of your overall price point to build a new home. So I would check us out there. You can, you can call us at 
uh, website's got our number on it, email, whatever you want to do. Love it. I love it. Joel, this is fantastic. And uh, congratulations on all the success in the, uh, the, the building world and uh, look forward to seeing what else you build in the future. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.